Peace and Black Power family. Peace and Black Power family. It's your big brother, King Kong Consciousness, Intercontinental Ifa Tunde, the Prince of Pan-Africanism, notorious RBG, most requested black scholar in the world, greatest black school psychologist of all time, top Pan-Africanist of the 21st century. If you're a single, beautiful, nappy-headed, intelligent, voluptuous black woman, send your resume to Dr. Umar Johnson at yahoo.com. I got a gut. That's all right. I can handle mines, though, homie. You can believe that. That's right. Your ass lifting weights because it makes you feel equal because you insecure. So you got to be all big and muscle bound. So you feel equal. Well, guess what? You can lift all the weights in the world and you'll never be 6'3", nigga. You can talk about my gut all day, but I'm sexy with mines. I'm fine. I'm cool in my skin. I can get rid of the gut. But you'll never be 6'3". I can get rid of the gut. Big Papa, Nick. That's why I'm Big Papa. I can get rid of the gut. But you'll never be 6'3". Welcome back to Frosters. I'm Cena Gaznavi at Cena Now on all social media. Justin Williams is here as always. You can find him on Facebook or JustinWilliamsComedy.com. Wow, last week was a doozy, and we are going to up our game this week. Last week, of course, was about David Duke and how he exploded the poor white racists. He preyed on fear and hatred in white people, something that the SEC calls affinity fraud. So, you guys all remember affinity fraud. Using something that is deeply held to your identity, like your religion or your race or your country of origin, your something like that, and use that to defraud you to enrich themselves, to do something that makes you a fraudster. And that was David Duke. Now, that was David Duke on white people, but, you know, race is a social construct, and we've got a few of them. And so Dr. Umar Johnson is one that we believe is a fraudster, and I say we consider or we believe because he hasn't actually been convicted of fraud yet. He hasn't been convicted of any crime yet, really. But the problem is, and like the affinity fraud definition said, like we talked about in the last episode, many of the victims don't come forward, and it's actually really hard for law enforcement to actually pick these frauds out because they're so closely held to the people that are involved with them that it's tough for law enforcement and authorities to get any insight there. That said, today we're going to talk about Dr. Umar Johnson. Like you heard in the cold open, the guy claims to be the prince of Pan-Africanism, as well as the most successful school psychologist in the world, and the most requested black scholar in the world. That's like double world championships there. He also claims to be the author of a best-selling book, an expert in the mental health of black youth, and a relative of Frederick Douglass. Most importantly, he claims that he is currently building a utopian private school for black boys called the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey RBG Leadership Academy, which according to his own accounts, he's collected hundreds of thousands of dollars in donations. But we'll find out that all of this is bullshit. <laughs> okay, Justin, can you give me just a sense of who Dr. Umar Johnson is? Dr. Umar Johnson is perhaps the most visible 
Hotep. Hotep is shorthand in the black community for a militant, Afrocentric, usually male that has gender politics and conspiracy theories that oftentimes overlap with the basic worldview of white supremacists, right? They're like the black version of like sort of right wing white supremacist views. So, Justin, why is it important that we talk about Dr. Umar? Because universally, all of our episodes involve people that have been actually convicted of fraud. So why this guy hasn't been convicted of anything. So, okay, there's a few reasons here, and they're pretty complex, right? So the eyes of the law and the mainstream media haven't been drawn to this fraudster uh, because all of his victims are black, right? And society generally cares more about white victims, especially ones that are up, more upwardly mobile than black working class victims, which is Umar's base, right? The media and the law kind of work in tandem, and the media is oftentimes, I think, afraid to criticize someone who claims to be a black advocate and activist, right? It provides this shielding. And to go even further than that, right? When someone is actually a, a black racist, <laughs> or a black separatist, the media is afraid to call them as such because of our sort of specific history in this country. There's almost like a paternalistic sort of infantilization of like black hate groups that doesn't allow them to even be sort of considered the same as white hate groups, even you know precisely because of our history of being oppressed in this country. So you, you see a lot of people, black people that say objectionable things kind of getting a pass precisely because of this, right? I want to stop you there because I want to, I want to just ask, about this because when you said this when we were kind of planning for the episode that he's you know that he says a lot of black racist things i was like oh but you know from my <laughs> armchair kind of reading and and education on these things and through my experiences i've always thought that black people couldn't be racist and that and what i'm hearing from you is that that's actually part of the problem is that right yeah and it's also something that black racists say right the uh white racists say i'm not racist but and black racists say it's impossible for me to be racist, right? Because racism is about power and power is about spheres of influence, right? So there are black spheres of influences that are outside of the mainstream of black America. So for instance, right, uh, a working class black person maybe can't be racist in the context of a broader society, but they can be racist to uh, the only white student at their all black school because the sphere of power in that context is different, right? So someone like Umar exercises power in his sphere and he's absolutely able to be racist. And also, I mean, when we're talking about misogyny and homophobia within the black community, as a straight black man in the sphere of the black community, he absolutely has power and the ability to discriminate against those that don't have power within blackness. And so within that platform, and this is why I'm just fucking so grateful for you and helping me understand this, because this is really complicated and there's so many nuances that, you know, the national discussion never even comes close to touching upon. But the fact that he uses that as a platform enables him to take advantage of those vulnerable communities, like you were just saying, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it allows him to demean groups. I mean, part of the thing about Dr. Umar, right, is he claims to be a black nationalist. But as you'll see, most of his platform is actually uh, scapegoating groups within the black community, whether it's single moms, independently thinking women, right, uh, and particularly gays and lesbians within the black 
community. Uh, that is like a huge part of his platform. It's not it's not black empowerment. It's not actually fighting white supremacy. It's actually putting down other black people and scapegoating them for problems in the community. I got to do a coon analysis and a coon screening. You're not natural, baby. I see you got that perm in there. I still love you. You're gorgeous, but you're not nappy. You got to be nappy, baby. You got to be nappy. I can't grab it. I can't have it. It only takes a little bit of white brainwash to activate the cool chip. Heterosexual couples only. This is not a government funded activity. I have the right to discriminate. Heterosexual couples only. Donations. Donations. Gifts. And we spending $19 million on grits. Can I have your grit money for one year? Give me your grit money for one year and I will build 10 schools across this country. Go to your cash app, dollar sign FDMG school. Okay, so I want to break down some of Dr. Umar's claims that were mentioned earlier. I want to just start with the simplest one. I'm the most requested black scholar in the world, hands down. Okay, I I find it a little hard to believe that Henry Louis Gates and Angela (laughs) Davis are getting fewer calls than this guy. Justin, I think you quite literally are getting more calls than this man. No, he might be getting a lot of calls, but to say like, like you said, Henry Louis Gates, Angela Davis... Yeah, I imagine Cornell West probably gets a lot of emails. And and nobody, there is nobody on earth that's getting more calls and participating in more things than Michael Eric Dyson. <laughs> Michael Eric Dyson is on everything. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Sometimes I have to check my ID just to make sure that Michael Eric Dyson isn't on it. Okay, how about whether he's related to Frederick Douglass? That seems like something we should be able to prove, right? How how hard could that be? They caught a murderer on, on, on 22 and Me or whatever. 23 and Me? I don't know. You rock with Frederick Douglass heavy. Blood you know, relative. That's your blood relative. Blood relative. A blood relative, kinsman, four times great grand cousin to Frederick Douglass. Finding out that I was related to arguably the greatest black leader in American history, I think that pretty much solidified. That, 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 that put a real boost into you. Yeah, because yeah, I felt obligated to try to honor his honor work, him. you know, in my own work. Pay respects earlier to the Honorable Frederick Douglass, my direct ancestor, and it's only fitting and it's only with respect that if we want to big up the masculine energy, we got to big up the feminine energy. And we know that Queen Mother Harriet and Frederick Douglass were very, very good friends. Some even say may have been cousins, which means I'm related to Harriet Tubman. I ain't going to even get into that right now. They were both against slavery, therefore they were cousins. Exactly. I want to know whose cousins did, did that royalty-free Caribbean beat in the background that he was saying that all over. <laughs> the reasoning for this is, if you notice how many titles Dr. Umar Johnson gives himself, by using Frederick Douglass's name, he's trying to root himself in like the historical legitimacy of like the Black freedom struggle in America, right? I'll take the name of like the world's most famous, you know, abolitionist and then link myself directly to it by blood. This is also a little bit ironic though, uh, because uh, a major part of Umar Johnson's platform is actually scapegoating interracial couples. And uh, Frederick Douglass's second wife was white, but you know, uh, who, who cares about details, right? Marrying outside of your race for an African man anywhere on earth is one of the greatest acts of racial betrayal, treason, and treachery. You know, it's funny, too, because a lot of like you could probably throw a rock in the Middle East and hit someone that's like, I am a a blood relative of of Muhammad, praise be upon him. I I love him. He is a blood relative. It's like a very common thing in the Middle East. This is so very funny. I've always 
met people like that. But Dr. Umar takes it upon himself to say that he's a blood relative to Frederick Douglass. And then the family of Frederick Douglass heard this and they felt compelled to respond to these claims. And I'll read the statement that they put out. Man, you got to really piss off the Frederick Douglass family if they got to put out a statement about you. You know what I mean? Like, you don't see that very often. But here's what they said. The family of Frederick Douglass has received numerous inquiries about Umar Johnson questioning his relationship to Frederick Douglass. There have also been questions about the legitimacy of his Ph.D. and handling of the donations he's received for a school he is promoting. We can tell you with 100% certainty he is not a descendant of Frederick Douglass. The official Douglass family tree is held in the archives at the Frederick Douglass National Historic Site in Washington, D.C. Mr. Johnson's name is not on it. Hmm. Hmm. Dr. Umar Johnson didn't just take this lying down. He was going to make sure that everyone knew that at least he was connected to Frederick Douglass in some way. Roland Martin actually had him on his show on News One and confronted him about these claims and read the letter from the family of Frederick Douglass to which Dr. Umar responded. I would concur with that. All right. But then, too, you also heard that some of the things he says is correct. So the question becomes, he's either related or he's not. Okay. So so are you related? I'm about to answer your question. Allow me to do that. I am a blood relative of Frederick Douglass. (laughs) My name is on the family true. We have a family reunion every two years. What they're talking about, and I want to make sure you're clear, they're talking about whether or not I come through the loin of Frederick Douglass, which I do not, nor have I ever claimed, okay? I have more videos on YouTube than any other scholar. I speak around the world more than any other scholar. Show me where I've ever said I was a descendant. I've only claimed one thing, kinsmen. How are my kinsmen? If you ever read any of the autobiographies of Frederick Douglass, he talks about growing up on Tuckahoe Creek with Cousin Stephen. Cousin Stephen is Stephen Bailey, Dr. Umar Johnson's four times great grandfather, whose grave I just visited last week. I go every year. Okay, that's my four times great grandfather. He married my four times great grandmother, Caroline Wilson Bailey. From that union came my three times great grandfather, George Washington Bailey, the first black public school teacher on Eastern Shore, Maryland. He married Grandmom Annie. They had Grandmom Caroline. Okay, she had Grandma Vivian. Grandma Vivian married a Spanish-speaking Cuban immigrant, Grandpa Cicero. They had Grandmom Ida, who's still alive, who married James Johnson, who had my father Jamal, who married my mama Barbara, and from that union I was born. Okay, so this is something I would say when it comes to fraudsters uh, in the black community, what black like uh, like pseudo black nationalist dudes, what they do is they throw out a bunch of information to distract you from the core topic. Number one, it's distracting from the core topic, but it's also reassuring you that this person is like a scholar, right? So he goes through this elaborate genealogy, uh, but it still doesn't answer the the question. He's like not a blood relative at all, right? But he's but he's doing in telling you the genealogy, he's doing the I am an original African American that's related to these struggles. It's a way of like lying in a much more elaborate way than just claiming to be a direct descendant. In law school, we learned a couple ways to argue. There is my point is better than your point. There is let me destroy your point, right? And poke holes in it. And then it's destroy the playing field. And what Dr. Umar is able to do there is to basically destroy the playing field, is to like upend whatever foundation you're even having the conversation on. And then just be like, yeah, you see, I told you, paternal blood kinsman, that is me. 
And it sounded really at the beginning that it was just like, wait, so like your distant, distant, distant cousin like hung out with Frederick Douglass? Is that really all we're doing right Listen, now? I was in the club. <laughs> I was in the club with Cameron one time, so I'm a member of Dipset. <laughs> My last name starts with G, so you should just know that I am part of the G unit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> also, God bless the internet. Some folks were so fed up with Dr. Umar when they heard this clip, they basically did a command F search through Frederick Douglass's memoir, trying to see if they could find a Steve or a Steven or a cousin Bailey. And I just, can you believe it? Nothing came up. I had a spiritual reading in the United Kingdom a couple years ago. And the sister who did the reading told me that I am a blood relative, okay? The spiritualist told me that I am a blood relative of Ramses II. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, but let's talk about his credentials because that's another big thing and that was an object of a lot of people uh, getting, getting pretty upset at him about it as well. Now, Justin, he is not a medical doctor, but he has a doctorate in clinical psychology. Is that right? Yeah. So he has a doctorate in clinical psychology from the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. And he is a certified school psychologist. But that being said, it's worth mentioning that the former was only verified after a very skeptical journalist at The Root investigated him in 2018. And the latter was only verifiable because the Pennsylvania State Bureau of Professional and Occupational Affairs charged Johnson with misrepresenting himself as a psychologist. <laughs> what about the fact that he says he's an expert on the education and mental health of African and African-American children? Justin, you're an actual scholar. Is he an expert? No. Okay, great show, everybody. We'll see <laughs> yeah. you next week. <laughs> so for, for one thing, right, um, Dr. Umar is regurgitating a lot of Afrocentric scholarship that came out of the 1970s and 80s, which was really important in sort of trying to trying to come up with curriculum that spoke to the realities of black people outside of like Eurocentric curriculums that like ignored black history entirely or taught like, like Eurocentric versions, like, Oh, everybody in Africa just kind of sat on their, you know, just sat around for until white people came, you know, like racist sort of versions of history. Right. And there, there were a lot of scholars that did a lot of important, meaningful work. What Umar has done is sort of like pretended that he's doing that work. So there was a book, a very famous Afrocentric education theory book called The Conspiracy Against Black Boys that's come out. And you can see Dr. Umar has almost cribbed all of that language from that famous study about the education system. And he's passing off on his own. But outside of the ideas that are presented, the easiest way to tell if someone is an actual expert when it comes to academia is, is any of their research peer reviewed? No, it's not. Dr. Umar's uh, research is self-published. That's like the biggest red flag. It's like, does this person belong to any professional associations? Uh, Dr. Umar Johnson does not, right? Uh, does he participate in professional conferences uh, where he presents his ideas in front of experts in the field and has them critiqued? No, he does not. Is he written in any major journals that are recognized by practitioners in the field? No, he is not, right? 
Um, so to claim that you're a scholar and an expert, uh, it'd be like saying I am the greatest police officer in the world today. I don't participate in any police departments. I'm not a member of the police union. I'm not a member of any <laughs> law enforcement professional associations. I mean, it's just a claim. Like, And I could say, well, I, I self-published a book called I Am Super Cop. So therefore, I'm the best cop. Well, and to that point, Justin, Hazel, our producer, actually called Lisa Kelly Vance, the former president of the National Association of School Psychologists, which, okay, get ready, is the only organization for school psychologists, okay? They're the only booker in the country, all right? And they often hold conferences and everything. And when we told her we were doing an episode on Dr. Umar Johnson, this is what she had to say about the world's most famous school psychologist um you know this is so interesting because i he's like a friend of mine is is this is he a like is this school psych a radical right winger yeah is it that yeah, guy he's okay yeah. i had just i actually had just heard about him from a friend who <laughs> who was telling me he's like oh yeah my brother thinks he's really cool i mean it was like one of those awful moments for this friend of mine so what's it what's his name i'm gonna google while we're sitting here i think when you're the most famous in the world in your field the president of your professional association shouldn't need to google you when they hear your name that'd be like if we called uh you know like david stern and we would be like uh hey have you ever heard of michael jordan and he's like uh, uh the name michael jordan i don't know i heard somebody was kind of in oh. him and i was like well let me look okay i'll look this up you know <laughs> he's not in my rolodex i don't know if he's i don't know who he is <laughs> All right, and, and to go back to your early point, what him ripping off this text actually reminds me of Kevin Trudeau doing the exact same thing with his uh, mega memory thing. Well, we talked about that in that series, that he just stole all of those lines, all of that fundamental practice of how to like use the memory palace and just shrink-wrapped it in his own kind of flair. Dr. Umar is doing the exact same thing. His book is called The Psychoacademic Holocaust, The Special Education and ADHD Wars Against Black Boys. Uh, by the way, I tried to buy this book. It is impossible. And you could buy it in hard copy for $148 on Amazon. It's like the most expensive like college text wasn't $148 when I was in school. In law school, even. I didn't find many books that were $148. But I tried to find the digital version of the book, and my credit card company called me and asked me if this was a fraud charge because I had to go to all of these like deep web like sites that were like poorly made that were promising me all of these free books and these ebooks and all this shit. So I could be very clear: I was unable to get a copy of this book. If someone has this book. Please do not send it to me. Do not email it to me. Do not take a picture. <laughs> but I think it's it's very notable that the fact that, that this is his central book, his centralized work, that he was unable to actually just publish it to any reasonable platform for distribution so that someone could actually read it. Meanwhile, every real expert in academia is going to conferences with 75 copies of their book in their bag, just hoping, 
that somebody will read <laughs> our shit at some point. Like literally all like our biggest dream in the world is that somebody will read our stuff. We'll we'll hyperlink it in the away message on our email. Like check out my book that totally exists. Please read it. Cause uh it's been through peer reviewed. And like I I as an expert think my ideas need to be seen by the world. So I mean, like you said, if if someone claims that this work makes them an expert and there's like no way to get a hold of the work, that's like also another you dread flag. Yeah. And maybe his new book, The Black Parent Advocate, will be better. It's not available for online purchase yet. Uh, the release date weirdly kept getting pushed out, but it's selling pre-order right now for $70. 70 for a paperback. And who's the publisher on that? Uh, the Prince of Pan-Africanism Publishing. So self-published. <laughs> Uh, Thank you, Hazel. So self-published. Self-published again. Yeah, yeah. So again, another self-published work. I mean, you know, that's just not the way expertise works. And uh, we couldn't actually get a hold of this one either, but I do feel like it's important to hear one of the YouTubers' reviews of it. Just found this, but I think you guys will appreciate it. Um, within those 560-some pages, there are just note, note pages. I don't really like that. It's just like pages for note. It's just, I've seen too many note pages. I don't think he's getting kind of, you know, he's kind of cheating a little bit in my opinion by putting those note pages, too many note pages. Like there's a note page. There is a note page. It's just like throughout the book, you see a lot of note pages. And we know that a lot of people don't really just write. I don't even do that. When I read books, I don't really use them. Like I wouldn't use this. Oh, you mean like there's like a page for like a blank page for notes, not like a sites or anything like not like a bibliography, but actual notes <laughs> for yourself. Oh yeah, that doesn't happen in academic <laughs> publishing. If now, does he mean notes? If, <laughs> it, 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 he doesn't mean work. He has to mean work cited, right? No notes, just like a memo pad. No, dude, they... like blank pages for notes. <laughs> yes. So this guy's this guy's released a coloring book. <laughs> <laughs> this guy released a black power coloring book. <laughs> oh my god! You color in Frederick Douglass's afro, and you get extra credit. <laughs> Are there stickers at the back? Is it- the best part is that on Twitter he cited the reason for the book's delay as being that he had to add more pages because he just needed to fit in more information. He also had to increase the price of the book because it costed more to print that many pages. He's saying the reason why his book is delayed because he needs more content, but he then put in like basically blank pages. And then he's saying the reason why I have to upcharge you now is because there more, <laughs> there's more content. <laughs> You know what I figured out uh, a way to actually uh, mitigate cost and content and things like that and not necessarily pass those on your consumer? It's called publishing on a peer-reviewed university press. They can usually help you with that. At at, at no point when I was publishing with a peer-reviewed university press did they ever write and say, "Uh, Justin, we're actually going to need to make this more expensive because you have too many words in it. Yo, it was like Johan Gutenberg on this this print job right now. He's like, oh, I can't do it anymore. It's it's the the printing tablets won't work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Justin, I want to play a clip from an interview that Dr. Umar Johnson did in 2015 on Stand Up Now and AM Radio Pro program in Detroit. I feel like it's a fair representation of how he receives questions about his credentials. You know what, Dr. Umar, you don't skip a beat. All the questions I was asking you, you did not skip a beat, not one time. I admire you. 
But then I'm going to go right back to my question. And when you said in part it matters uh, if we if we verify and and uh, research, what did you mean by that? I meant that anyone can make themselves look like something and not online. When we talk about research, we're largely talking about internet searching and googling. That's what we're talking about. And so, in doing that, again, anyone can present themselves as something and not. How often have we read about people online and then met them, and they were not half of what they lived up to? So I can clearly uh, put forth a false notion of who Dr. Umar Johnson is beyond the degree, because I know people who don't have the degree who have more expertise than people with them. So to me, that really doesn't mean much. Um, because I'm in that sphere and in that social professional setting. So for me, the best way to learn somebody is to learn them face-to-face, ask them the questions, get in their person. As human beings, and you know this, being a student of spirit yourself, we're very vibrational individuals. So you can learn more from the vibration of a person than you ever could from their bio or credentials. Hey! Vibrations, a fraudster talking about vibrations, something that's not tangible in any way or verifiable in any way. Where else have we heard that on fraudsters? I I don't know. Where have we heard that, Justin? Your brain emits a frequency, a vibration, or an energy, and emit a vibration because the brain is a transmitter of vibration. You cannot see, no matter how powerful a microscope you had, a magnetic field. It's invisible. (laughs) <laughs> I like that he makes fun of looking things up online. He's like, don't use the white man's internet. All there is is lies on the Googles. <laughs> you need to use black Google, which is me. Stay off the computer unless it's my only fans. So this guy, like a lot of frauds, is a master of making anyone questioning him out to be the bad guy. Classic fraudster move. We actually talked to two female journalists. It seems like women of color seem to be the target for him, especially in in these situations. And he's tried to intimidate them and use racial epithets toward them, actually. A third woman of color had her headshot posted to Johnson's Instagram with the caption calling her a hater. And he often makes references to goons that he's going to have pull up on people that question him during his Instagram live solicitations for donations. So I got like 50 goons. Shut your ass up. You coon ass niggas, shut up or I'm going to kick you off I my page. I built the whole plan. I ain't going nowhere. But this is also one of the reasons why, you know, sort of we object to Dr. Umar, right? He's pro-black, but then the moment that it, uh, black women question him, right, he, uh, he threatens them. Um, And it shows that it's not a genuinely pro-black movement, right? And it's not just women as well. It's also the LGBTQ community. Not all black people support homosexuality. I do not support same-sex relationships. Why? Because I live in a black community where too many of our kids don't have dads because your government keeps locking them up. I live in a black community where only one out of every four black women will ever get married. I live in a black community where the black family is quickly becoming an endangered species. And there's no way on earth I can support the black family and at the same time support a lifestyle that's killing it. I'll say it again, Mr. President. There's no way I can support the black family and at the same time support a lifestyle that is eroding and destroying the very fabric of black family. I have two daughters, sir. 
two little girls who I love, okay? The more homosexuality gets pushed on black boys, the less men will be available when my babies are old enough to get married. So I don't see how in any way, shape, or form that could be a benefit to black. Okay, so there's a lot to dissect there. One is uh, he he sort of ignores the existence of gay black people and that gay black people are perfectly capable of having stable family structures. There's also like an element of hypocrisy here, right? Dr. Umar himself is unmarried and he actually, according to our research and a tweet by him, he has four children by four different women. So for him to then scapegoat queer people for disparities in black married couples is, again, a you know, deflection, finding a vulnerable group and sort of turning the, the the group against like a vulnerable subsection of that group. It's again, it's not genuine pro-blackness. It's hypocrisy and scapegoating. So up until this point, we know that Dr. Umar is pretty hateful. Uh, he self-aggrandizes, very loose with the facts, will jump through hoops and and destroy the playing field in which the conversation is on just to ensure that his point is not proven to be incorrect. But the one thing that I find to be the most disgusting and really the crux of why we deem Dr. Umar a fraudster is about the school he's been working on and it has been how he has defrauded people of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Good afternoon. My name is Dr. Umar Johnson. I am a certified school psychologist and doctor of clinical psychology. Four long years ago, we began a fundraising campaign to build America's first independent African-centered school based off the principles of Pan-Africanism and international economics. It has been four long years of fundraising. Our ancestors are happy today. They rejoice in heaven because we can now begin the process of psychological reconstruction, one African mind at a time. Justin, Dr. Umar Johnson has started the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey uh, RBG Leadership Academy. By the way, RBG is red, black, green. It's the um, uh, colors in the Pan-African uh, uh, African liberation flag. So, uh, you know, tell us about this academy. Th- there is a building that exists. It's just a dilapidated building that's never been approved upon at all. Uh, but, but tell us what's going on with this school. So Dr. Umar incepted this school about 10 years ago, posting on Facebook in 2010 that he was laying the groundwork for a private school for black boys. He cited the opening day to be 2013. Obviously, that didn't happen. And it was just the first of many retracted opening day promises. And so in 2014, he starts officially fundraising and he's got a $5 million fundraising goal. Uh, He's tried to register uh, the school as a 501c4 tax-exempt nonprofit. And we actually asked Charity Navigator about this. Uh, It's a nonprofit watchdog agency. Uh, What's the kind of transparency that you would expect from a good nonprofit, right? Because none of us are in that business. So we got to know, like, what does it mean to actually be a transparent nonprofit? And their team told us, at minimum, the charity should be clear what they are doing with the funds, 
who is running the organization, parentheses, both staff and board, and share their IRS registration documents and EIN number. <laughs> Let me be clear. We have zero of any of these things. <laughs> zero. There's no documents on the FDMG's IRS registration documents. There's nothing on the internet to suggest that there's a board or leadership. There's no record of where the funds are going. Not only is there no financial reports on the website, there's no curriculum. The menu bar has a button for curriculum, but it just redirects you to a JPEG of Bongo Trumps. <laughs> 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 I can't. I can't. It's too much. It's almost like he's doing the long, the longest comedy sketch ever. And when you press enroll, right, because there's no fucking school, you just go to a stock photo of a child doing homework. But of course, I'll tell you what does work is the link to donate with a cash app and a username and a picture of Dr. Umar and the video you just heard a bit of. But beyond that, there is little to no substance. So the things that do work on the site is getting him to collect money and an advertising video to get people to give him money. There are still many more repairs and renovations that have to take place. I need you to continue to donate. I need you to continue to sacrifice financially. Dr. Umar was making a lot of money. In October of 2017, he went on the Mike Dice show and said that he had made around $700,000 in donations for the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey School. He's always said that he started fundraising in April of 2014, right? Three years previous. So that that would have been less than three years after he started collecting donations. It would have averaged out to something like $233,000 a year in donations. Okay, so that same year in 2017, so he's making, he says he's making over two and a quarter thousand dollars a year in donations. And that same year in 2017, the IRS comes in and revokes his nonprofit status for failing to file a 990 for three consecutive years the whole time that he had nonprofit status. And to be clear, a 990 is a form that nonprofits have to fill out, which the IRS then makes available to the public. All right, so you, you say, if you're going to be a nonprofit, you got to let people know where the money's going. That's where this 990 comes in. So fast forward to 2019, and now Dr. Umar's got twice as many Instagram followers. He's got a new book out. He's on The Breakfast Club, like, 9,999 times. At this point, he's a lot more popular than he was a few years ago. So in 2019, he takes whatever money he has cobbled together and buys a dilapidated building in Wilmington, Delaware for $400,000, according to the property records and claims that, that we looked at. All this place needs to be is renovated. That's it. And you can get kids in there immediately. The same year, though, he files for nonprofit status, claiming that he's actually only bringing in $25,000 or less in donations every year. How do you have double the following and bring in a fraction of the money? 
So I don't know, maybe folks start catching on to the grift and in spite of his newfound fame in the book and all of his publicity and, and getting out on the Breakfast Club, which is a bastion for peer-reviewed academic research, <laughs> I always see big books of academia dropped on the Breakfast Club. Justin, you dropped yours, right? Uh, I've not gotten the invitation to share my work about the Republic of Ghana and its political situation with Charlemagne, MB, and Angela <laughs> Yee. But, you know, somehow he's dramatically reduced the amount he's bringing in in donations. I mean, maybe he's making $25,000 a year now instead of $233,000 a year like he was a few years earlier. Or maybe it's convenient for him all of a sudden to not have to report all of his earnings. All of a sudden, we see a pattern, just like David Duke. All of a sudden, he reports a number that's not necessarily lining up with what he's saying in public. Now, of course, you know, if the IRS wants to find out, they're going to find out. And right now, it's just convenient for him to not have to tell his supporters how much he's really making in donations because his entire grift is predicated on the claim that he needs more money in order for this school to actually happen. The one thing we haven't figured out, though, is if he's spending his money in some sort of extravagant way, if he's doing something nefarious with the money. And we do have an EIN number. We actually reached out to the IRS to get his tax registration information and all these other documents that should be publicly available to us, but we haven't heard back from them yet. They're going to get to the bottom of it. If there's one thing the, the American government is good at, especially the IRS, is making sure they get their money, and make sure that you report the money correctly. Now, Justin, there are testimonials from folks who have worked with this guy who can speak to his lack of transparency at the school. And this is what's really at the core of it. If you don't have transparency, if you don't do the basics, then what are we doing here? The founder of a Facebook group called Dr. Umar is a Fraud, very difficult to find. There were actually multiple people trying to fight for that Facebook group name. Uh, he declined to use his own name for fear of backlash, of course, from Dr. Umar, but this is what he had to say when uh, he messaged us. We met in 2014 on an event that was organized by a group of people who saw the documentary Hidden Colors. Umar Johnson made a big impression on us, so we invited him to organize follow-up events. Later that year, he initiated a fundraiser tour for the school he wanted to purchase in Virginia. It was uh, HBCU that was going to be auctioned. So we teamed up and organized events, and people were so excited about this. So we started to enroll people who were interested in a possible job at the school, even. When I realized that something was a bit strange was when I asked Umar if he has a team who supported him and told him that I'd like to offer my expertise as a technician since there would be some renovations needed. So I asked him to show me the floor plans and some other documents, but he always had some lame excuse for not being able to give them to me. But when I confronted him about the fact that he also needs some investment, like a bank or investors, he made it clear he only wanted donations. And he made some shady remarks and then blew me off. I realized that he wasn't really going to build a school at all. There are more technical people that also offered their help, and they postponed their appointments to a point where Umar just never responded to them. I know what that feels like. Dr. Umar never responded to me and I donated $50. Yeah, that's the sad thing. Uh, you know, in doing the preparation for the story is actually seeing all of the anti-Dr. Umar groups that have popped up and they're mostly spearheaded by people that have had this similar experience. They believe in some aspect of what he's saying and they volunteer to help with the school. 
only to find out that there is no school or even even worse, they've done work on sort of this abandoned building that he owns and then never been paid for any of their work. We got a clip about it. Apparently there's compensation that's owed to you, correct? Most definitely. You know? Sad thing about it is compensation was never my uh, main reason of being out there. It was about making sure that this person was protected and the mission was protected. Right, and you, you played a major role in trying to actually help the, the mission be completed, correct? All my life. Do you care to tell the people how much is owed to you? Yeah, not $100, not $50, not even $1,000, not even $2,000, but it's above that, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, in, it's, in, it's, in, it's in the three. So I, I think he's on this show with Lord Jamar, and I didn't know this, but this guy's got some issues as well, right, Justin? Okay, listen, Lord Jamar is one of the members of the legendary rap group Brand Nubian, uh, a group that I actually like, and they're kind of, they represent the kind of, I think, the kind of, like, nuance uh, that like that we want to give someone, like, the break that we want to give someone like a Dr. Umar, because Brand Nubian was all about, like, conscious rap. Like, they're, like, legendary for conscious raps, talking about reading books, right? You know, uh, they're, like, very much into the 5% movement, which is about, like, being enlightened and spreading knowledge to people. The problem is, is that Lord Jamar, if you watch any of his other interviews, particularly with Vlad TV, he has a lot of the problematic conspiratorial sort of, like, gender and sexual politics that are actually incredibly right-wing in the Black community. This is an important point that we're making, though, because someone like... Dr. Umar will say someone like me is questioning him because I'm part of the broader white conspiracy against black people, right? Lord Jamar is actually sympathetic to Dr. Umar's uh, gender and racial politics, and he's calling bullshit on a lot of these fundraising numbers in this clip that we'll play here. And that's my favorite part about how to figure out if someone's telling the truth or not. Find something that's contrary to their beliefs and see if they'll say that thing right so he is sympathetic to dr umar and he even says there is some problems here from what i understand you raised about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars yes well said seven hundred fifty thousand dollars about 20 months ago you end up purchasing two buildings yes four buildings four buildings okay for about two schools four buildings Two schools, four buildings for $400,000. It was more than that. Okay. (laughs) Well, everybody wants to know, where's the extra money? Where'd the extra money go? And why is it taking so long to to open this school? Like, Like, people feel like, you know, the time that uh, six years is just a very long time to be raising money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And to and and to finally get the the, the building that you uh, ended up getting that are in disrepair and all of that. And, and I think it's the transparency that people are looking for. A lot of people are looking for you to be more transparent. And when they don't see this transparency, it makes them feel, you know, skeptical. Okay. Let me speak to some of that. Yes, please. Okay. Number one, I'm transparent with my donors. 
I'm transparent. Now with I'm, I'm being told that 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 there, you know, people say when your actual donors will ask certain no, things, sir, they said that is you not will true. Sometimes block true. them and all this type of that stuff. That is not true. Those are okay. not donors. Those are haters. My okay. donors have direct access to me. I talk to them. I know who they are. Most of them are repeat donors. My donors range everywhere from black professionals. I have lawyers. I have engineers. I have business owners all the way down to the retired great grandmom who's sending me $10 a month because she want to see this plan come to fruition. Haters don't donate. Donors don't hate. So my accountability is only to those who donate. I want to be very clear about that. It's only to those who donate. So people who ask random questions, they'll never get answers because you don't support this. Now, with that being said, let me also say this. The other question that you ask, which is often asked, is six years, he don't have to school yet. I'm not to blame for that. The community is to blame for that. I cannot manifest the school out of thin air. Schools cost money. They're not houses. They're commercial property. But because we're not used to building things exclusively with black dollars, we don't understand how long does it take to get that done. I'm not a charter school. I'm not a public school. My school isn't going to subsist on white handouts and government funding. My school is grassroots Pan-African Academy. So it'll take as long as it takes until we raise the money to achieve the goal. It is that simple. Why the school ain't up yet? Because we're not raising enough money. But guess who don't have to ask those questions? The owner of Quaker Grits, because Negroes give them $11 million a year. The school is not open yet because I don't have enough funds to do it that way. I'm not going to no bank. Maybe we well, 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 maybe we need fundraising, um, different Brother, fundraising Brother. methods. Maybe yes, the people it, that we it, go it, to. We have that in place, but what I want you to understand, it takes time to build institutions. I ain't got no problem with where we are. I'm loving where we at. We got our plans done by the engineer. We got our electrician chosen. I'm meeting with my HVAC this weekend. I got my plumber on standby. Rufa did his job. Carpenter lined up. We doing what we need to do on the time frame we doing it in. I don't need no help outside of the team I got, which is filled with experts from the East Coast to the West Coast, brother. Mm. Okay, brother. I mean, you know, these are definitely the the, the answers that people want to know. They want to. I'm not interested in people. I'm interested in donors, brother. Yeah, but 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 in order for you to get donors, though, you're gonna have to satisfy these. Yes, brother. And how are you gonna get donors if you don't satisfy? If 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 I disagree with you, listen. Listen, if I'm considering to be a donor, but Uh I have certain questions Uh that I want answered. Uh huh. I feel like can that's I legitimate. Can why? I tell you why that's bullshit? Why? Can I? Can Go I, ahead, please. Respectfully? Respectfully. You've been raising money for six and a half years, brother. If you ain't donut by now, you ain't donating. And your question don't matter. I'm the most accessible black scholar in the world. My cell number is public. My email is public. And guess what? I do get emails from people. Doc, I just learned about you. Boom, boom, boom. Tell me about the school. We just started a loyal donors campaign the other day. And any of your viewers who are interested in signing up, please do. The Loyal Donors Club is for brothers and sisters who want to consistently donate $50 a month for bronze, $100 a month for silver, $250 a month for gold, $500 a month for platinum, and $1,000 a month for diamond. We just started that 48 hours ago. 
Anybody who wants those links, text my cell number, please. 215-989-9858. They will also be put in a WhatsApp group where they will get all the updates that they want. I'm probably the most influential and accomplished black school psychologist in American history. Not probably, I am. I am. If you've got a child in special ed, they've been ADHD, conduct disorder, I'm the person you came to. I've been doing this work for over 20 years. My name is Etched in Stone. There is no such thing as I just woke up and heard about you. You're going to get some people like that, but most of our people know who I am because I help them save their kids or their children went to my school. I didn't just wake up yesterday. People know who I am. I got the books. I got the articles. I got the resume for that. Absolutely. You understand? So Some people just woke up, though. Everybody not. Listen to me. Even if you're not in the conscious community, you know who I am. I don't belong to the conscious community. I belong to the African race. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing, okay? We have to make sure. We have to We have to vet all of our people, bro. I got you love for you, bro. Everybody, then, then vet them other Negroes in the conscious community who ain't building shit. Oh, we're going to we gonna get My to them all, bro. Oh, oh Jamar. We're going to get to them all. Who else is building? Jamar don't building? discriminate. Listen. Somebody building an institution from the grass. Right. Name somebody. You ain't got none of them. Name me I a mean, YouTuber doing what I'm doing. Any of them conscious dudes. Name one on my level. Name one building. You crazy. I they can't. Can't my sneaks, bro. I can't. All they I can name shit. is my father-in-law. How many they kept out of jail, bro? They're not building shit. Right. So, so. Through the grass, what have they built, bro? Who you know in the conscious movement built an institution? Answer that. Nobody. I'm the only one in my generation doing it. Well, you're building it. You're building it. It's yeah, not built bro. yet, though. It's It'll not built. Be there. Don't you worry about it. You'll be the first one there. Trust Beautiful. me. Beautiful. Yeah, that's enough of that shit. Yeah, I mean, again, it's the same thing. It's the deflection right into a fundraising vehicle, right? Uh, and again, it doesn't uh, address the basic question that Rod Digger had about accountability, that no one can verify any of this stuff uh, just by going on the internet. I mean, we know we, we had to do a ton of research just to get to the bottom of like a lot of this. And there's still a lot of question marks for us. And we have like a research wing, <laughs> you know. Just he talked about this um, loyalty program. And so we decided to do it. What better way to get your research on a topic than to just become part of it? So I donated $50. I was a bronze member. And I, I texted this phone number through WhatsApp. I screenshotted everything, sent him everything. And I have yet to be put into any sort of group. I have yet to receive any updates. I've texted multiple times. It's just doesn't exist. And maybe he, you know, looked me up or I didn't use some sort of fake name or anything like that. Maybe that was my problem. But there's no sort of accountability. There is no group to receive any updates that I've seen at all. Yeah, you're not going to get any updates, man. Uh, <laughs> I wish you wouldn't have spent that $50, dude. I, I, I could have I done something with that $50 more productive than joining that chat room. It's also, I mean, it's also about alar like alarm bells when he always tries to legitimate himself as a scholar, right? Uh, like, you don't need to donate to Michelle Alexander's WhatsApp uh, yeah. to learn about her book, like The New Jim Crow, <laughs> right? Um, it's also yeah. a little problematic. Dr. Umar has also opened an OnlyFans account because he gets kicked off of enough fundraising platforms to where now he has an OnlyFans account. So, uh, 
you know, I mean, just, you know, just, I think just for the people listening, just think about it. Uh, you know, if you're ever going to email a, a tenured professor at a university, do you need to donate to their only fans in order to get questions <laughs> about where the money's gone? I, <laughs> I, I can say, and I can say from experience, I'm, I'm dealing with much smaller numbers. I just recently uh, started a prize at the City College of New York where I crowdfunded uh, a $500 research paper award. And I have a public committee that's on record at the college that I emailed the exact amounts that also left a internet paper trail for that exact amount. So there is an administrator for gifts and grants uptown that I mail that check to. So there's... Uh, all kinds of like electronic ways to verify. And I do all of these things to ensure that there's a paper trail for every single dollar and cent that I raised for that award uh, that can easily be provable and verifiable. And also students will apply for that scholarship. They will receive it at a college-wide award ceremony to verify its existence. Um, that's what I'm doing for much smaller amounts than uh, Dr. Umar claims to be raising and a much smaller initiative just to give people a sense of how transparent you should be when dealing with money. Yeah, I love that. That's a really good point. Well, Justin, I feel comfortable calling Dr. Umar a fraudster now, that's for sure. We covered a ton in this episode, but we always want to go that extra step and try to find someone that's, you know, maybe interacted with the fraudster. And next week, we're going to do an interview with Ebony Chappelle. She's a journalist who actually went to one of Dr. Umar Johnson's events. And she's done a quite a bit of research uh, on Dr. Umar as well. And she wrote an article about him that was pretty critical. And she actually started out as someone that was interested in his message. Just like I said earlier in the episode, go to someone that is saying something contrary to their beliefs, right? So she believed in this guy, went to his event, and then had a very different experience than she expected. So I can't wait for you to hear that interview with Ebony Chappelle next week. Big thanks to Justin for all of his producing prowess and spirit guidance on this episode. Hazel Bryan on the amazing producing for this episode as well. Marie Anderson on the edit. And as always, this has been a production of Zero Cool Media and Last Podcast Network.